Welcome to Discussing Donation. Tonight, we're sitting down with Dan Leeds, the Chicago Metro Outreach Community Coordinator for the Illinois Secretary of State's Organ and Tissue Donor Registry. Dan's journey began when he met his true love, Vicki, in college, but it would take a chance social media post some 25 years later to reconnect them once again. His passion for the cause would be ignited by Vicki herself, a tireless donor advocate. Here is Cindy Grobmeyer with their story. Thank you, Meredith, and thank you, Dan, for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Uh, we know this is a busy month, and uh, we're very appreciative for you taking some time out of your schedule. So the first question, Frank always says that the organ and tissue uh, donation, there's tens of thousands of stories. Uh, it's not just one single story, but we do know that you have a personal connection uh, to organ and tissue donation. Could you share yours and Vicki's journey with us? Absolutely. Um, my story with uh, organ donation and uh, probably goes all the way back to where I met Vicki. Uh, and this goes back, I was thinking about this the other day, this goes back to 1987 is the first time I met Vicki. We were both freshmen at uh, Benedictine University in Lyle, Illinois. And uh, she was a cheerleader uh, for the basketball team, which I, I played on the basketball team. And uh, her roommate's name was Vicki also. And we had uh, Vicky and Vicky, and uh, I ended up dating the other Vicky and not and not uh, Vicky Talkis, uh, but we became really good friends um, over the next four years. Uh, we hung out all the time, and then as uh, a lot of people do when they graduate high school and college, everybody kind of goes their own separate ways, and uh, that's what happened with us. Vicky went on to go work for American Airlines as a flight attendant. Uh, I went into the banking field, and then a couple, uh, maybe four or five years later, Vicki landed a job at uh, the Gift of Hope, which is the organ procurement organization. Um, and she worked there for about four years as a volunteer coordinator, and she did a very, very good job. And I think she was at a uh, event one day, and Secretary White saw her because they do a lot of events together, and he kind of stole Vicki away from Gift of Hope because he he uh, thought she did such a great job. So uh, Vicki uh, became uh, work, uh, a worker for Life Goes On for the Secretary of State's office. And there she would coordinate um, events about uh, why is it important for you to be an organ donor. And she uh, worked at the Secretary of State's office for about four years. And she was at an event coming home one day from a church and didn't feel very well. Uh, and she got sick. So she drove herself to Good Samaritan Hospital where they uh, immediately um, put her in intensive care. And um, they didn't know what was wrong with her. They, they thought it was tuberculosis. Uh, it, they couldn't pinpoint what the ailment was. So after about two weeks, um, she got diagnosed with Wegner syndrome. Now Wegner syndrome is uh, autoimmune deficiency that affects your kidneys and your lungs. And she uh, need, uh, needed a, a kidney transplant at this point. Now she had been healthy her whole life, um, you know, never smoked, never drank, uh, you know, never did any of those things that would cause any of these problems, but it was just something that happened to her. So she went on uh, dialysis um, and then got listed on the uh, organ and tissue uh, transplant wait list to where um, she uh, would took herself up to a machine every night on hemodialysis for 10 hours and then wake up in the morning and come into work. 
And uh, she did this effortless, effortlessly. And, uh, you know, she would advocate for people that needed a transplant, fully know, you know, knowing very well that she needed a transplant herself. Um, so, you know, after a while, uh, she got a little bit sicker. And uh, I, this is kind of where I come in, because I haven't seen her, remember, in 25 years. And I saw a Facebook post uh, with her name on it. And, you know, she just said, say prayer for me. And uh, I, I contacted her on the message and she contacted me back right away. I said, you know, I ho hope you get, hope you're okay. And she said, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. So we reconnected on there over the next three, four months, you know, and I've been a, you know, I've been a banker for 20 years. I know nothing about organ donation at this point. Um, but we struck, struck up a conversation and we, uh, after about six months, we decided to meet up face to face. So we went out on our, on our date um, and then when she, when I, when I saw her for the first time in 25 years, I was taken aback because I looked at her and I, she didn't look sick. She looked, you know, beautiful, healthy, you know, um, just had a conversation with her. She was just one of the coolest people I've ever met. Obviously, uh, you know, we kind of fell for each other at this point. Uh, and we made our plans to go on uh, to, to the next step. Um, uh, unfortunately, she went into the hospital and uh, this is one of the many times she went into the hospital, but this time she did not come out. She passed away on uh, January 9th, 2013. So even though all the organs in Vicky's body had shut down, you know, nothing worked anymore. Her corneas were still good and they were uh, able to use them. Vicky was able to give sight to someone else um, that could not see. And I just think that was a testament to her. So I got a phone call from Secretary White and uh, he told me to come down to the Thompson Center and he wanted to talk to me. You know, he never said anything else besides that. And I got down into his office and uh, he said, uh, you know, I, I want you to fulfill Vicky's mission. I want you to go out there and I want you to do what she couldn't finish. And uh, I didn't even think twice about it. I took the job two weeks later. And uh, as you can see, I'm in my office today. And uh, I'll tell you what, this is the same office that Vicky sat in for seven years. So I'm on my eighth year now. So together between Vicky and I, this is 15 years of us working in this position, um, trying to advocate for organ donation and how important it is. So that's why I'm here. And that's why my passion is so strong when it comes to this, this topic. Um, now, uh, in the eight years that I've, I've come here, I did not know anything about organ, organ donation. Uh, anything to do with eyesight, uh, any, any transplants when it comes to that. But now uh, I've served on um, the two boards for Donate Life America. I am currently on the advisory board for Eversight. Um, I was on the uh, board for Team Illinois, and now I'm the co-chair of Donate Life Illinois. So it, it all has to do with the passion for what I, what I think is, is important. Um, and, and when you called me, I was taken aback a little bit because the, the name of your organization is the, the Mad Dog Strong organization. And it's, um, it, uh, it's named after your daughter, who was a donor at, at 18, right? Well, yeah. I have a daughter. I have an 18-year-old daughter. You know what her name is? It's Maddie. So isn't that the craziest thing you've ever heard? So every time I hear about that, I think of my daughter you know, and, and I think about your daughter. So it, it is something that, uh, you know, I will advocate every inch of my body about organ donation being the right thing to do. Yeah. 
I get it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know I, you do. <laughs> I, I, to I totally get it. Yeah. Um, it's hard to explain to other people just how much it, uh, once you begin to understand, and it's, it's interesting because we approach it from two different sides of the, of the process, but similar outcomes, we both lost someone that was yeah, really um, important. The majority of the uh, stories that you hear are the good ones about yeah. how the person got the donation or the heart transplant and, they, and they're living this life again. We're on the other end where the person mm -hmm. didn't make it. Right. So I guess there's two stories to be told when it comes to that. And I find, and I find so much hope in your story. I mean, she didn't make it. And that, that just, that devastates me. Cause I would have loved to have met her. She sounds like an amazing, amazing woman. Um, but the fact that she got to, she got to donate and she got to help someone else. And the fact that she changed your life and, and think yeah, about how um, much, think of how many people, how many lives you've changed now in her honor. And so, yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. It's, it's amazing because when I first took the job, the uh, first day on the job, I looked at uh, the uh, transplant waiting list in Illinois was 5,700 people. And somebody told me, man, you're going to have job security because that number will never go down. That number is always going to keep going because every 10 minutes, someone is added to that list. And then I checked it today. It's under 4,000. So we've actually dropped uh, 1,700 in the last eight years. And I, I don't, uh, you know, accrue that to me, but I'm just saying that, that that makes me happy to see that there's less people that actually are waiting on this transplant waiting list. Absolutely. I know. I completely agree with you. Uh, every little step we can make, you know, a 1% step in the right direction is a life saved. So, I mean, you know, that's, that's kind of the pretty amazing thing about the statistics in, in this field. So, um, I mean, clearly this is your passion. Your, your, this, this mission, Vicki's mission has become your mission and your passion. And it's interesting because you're working for Life Goes On Illinois, who is really one of the pioneers in, in organ donation registration. Illinois was one of the first three states to even establish a donor registry, and they were the first state to actually have an accessible donor registry. So what are some of the accomplishments that you and, and people like Secretary of, of State Jesse White, who was just a, a hero and a champion for this cause as well, what are some of the accomplishments, I mean, decreasing the donor registry in a matter of eight years by 1,700 people is a pretty amazing accomplishment. But I know there's a lot of other amazing things that the Life Goes On program has done. Can you can you share with us a little bit of that? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Uh, well, number one, uh, the, the donor registry was started uh, back in 94 with uh, Liz Hager, uh, who uh, retired last month. So she had been uh, the one that started from the absolute organ donor registered number one to the 7.1 million that are registered today. Uh, so talk about a mentor. She actually ran the program for 16 years, kind of went into retirement and then came out of retirement because we needed her so badly. And uh, just one of the most knowledgeable people when it comes to organ and tissue donation I have ever met. And uh, I learned a lot from her. Uh, now she wants, she's 78 years old now. So she, now she wants to go out and enjoy her grandchildren. So I don't blame her for that. But uh, she, so. uh, uh, unbelievable job. And then, um, you know, uh, back in 99, that is when uh, uh, Secretary White took over as Secretary of State, who 
Um, he, he is the, uh, you know, the longest serving Secretary of State in the history of Illinois. And um, he is my boss. And his office is right over my shoulder right here. So um, I see him almost every day. And the, um, you know, the amazing thing about Secretary White is, is that he loves this program um, probably better than any other program that we have at the, at, at, of his job duties. His, uh, his uh, sister, Doris Ivy, received a kidney transplant and she lived many, many years post that. Um, she just passed away last year, but uh, she was in her mid eighties at the time of her passing. And uh, he just has the passion for it that is, uh, un, you know, unmatched when it comes to this. Um, you know, the story, the story that I always tell everybody about Secretary White is about how passionate he is about organ donation and the registering of organ, organ and tissue donors is that uh, every week on Monday, when I come back into the office and I sit at my desk, there's an envelope on there and uh, it has my name on it. And I open up the envelope and I pull out the paper registration forms that Secretary White has collected over the weekend. So all the people that he meets, he asks them if they're registered donors. And if they're not, he pulls it out of his pocket and he makes them sign up to be registered donors. He's been doing that for eight years. He is just that is a, a great story. How passionate he is. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm really proud of, uh, number one, uh, in 2018, uh, there was a drive for life bill that we um, got passed through the uh, um passed it over to a bill. And at, uh, at the time, we were only allowing 18-year-olds to sign up to be registered organ donors. And there were 48 of the 50 other states that allowed 16-year-olds and higher to be registered donors. So we thought we were missing the boat. Um, after some consideration, we said, if you're, uh, if you're mature enough to drive, you're mature enough to make that decision to be an organ donor. So we uh, got that approved. And on January 1st, 2018, we um, allowed 16 year olds to register to be donors when they got their driver's license. It's a uh, parental consent until 18. And then after 18, it's, it's first person consent. But uh, as of uh, March or April 1st, we have registered 172,325 16 and 17 year olds, which makes a huge difference, okay? Um, when it comes to registering people versus, you know, people, when, when we ask about registering a person to be a donor, why is that important? Because when it comes down to the decision to be a, a donor, well, the family has to make it or whether the person is registered, over 75% of the people that donate are the ones that are registered, okay? If you're not registered, you're 25% chance of being a registered donor or being a, a, a donor at that point. So, it, you know, everybody says, oh, I'll let my family take care of that. Your family will not make that decision in that terrible time. They're just going to be wanted to be left alone. So that's why we have this program. Not only thinking about other people that need the transplant, when you become a registered donor, you're thinking of your family who doesn't have to make that trying decision in that bad time. So that's what we tell most people about why it's important for you to register to be a donor. Absolutely. And I, people who know our story know that uh, one of the things that really gave us peace in that horrible time was knowing was that was her decision and that was exactly. what she wanted. And um, I, I, we don't know if we would have fought for it had we not known that. We don't know how we would have reacted in that moment in any sort of hindsight. So yeah, it's what you're- right. Passing that law was so critical and it's so important. Yes. 
This episode of Discussing Donation is sponsored by the New Students for Hope chapter at St. Xavier University in Chicago. Learn more about Students for Hope at maddogstrong.org. You, you not only do all this amazing work at the state level here in Illinois, but as co-chair of Donate Life Illinois, uh, you're part of a national movement as well. What are some of the things that you're working on, especially as we're trying to emerge out of a pandemic in our second Donate Life month in April uh, in semi-lockdown or complete lockdown? Uh, what, are, what are your plans for this month as part of, uh, as part of Donate Life America? Okay, well, Donate Life uh, America um, is the national organization and each state is uh, divided up into your own little donate life. So we're Donate Life Illinois, and that's the one I'm the co-chair of. Um, basically, it's an umbrella of organizations that um, deal with uh, organ and tissue donation, um, such as our office, the Secretary of State's office, Gift of Hope, Mid-America Transplant out of St. Louis, Eversight, the National Kidney Foundation, Vitalent, which is the blood center, um, Team Illinois, which is the Olympics for the uh, for the transplant recipients, and we all kind of have that into one group. Now, what you'll see in um, in a lot of these organizations is they kind of want to do their own thing. You know, your color's purple, our color's green, our color's red. We don't want to combine those. But when we collaborate as a group, we're more powerful. Okay, so we can instead of uh, maybe doing one event, we can do several events throughout the state because we're all located throughout the state. Um, a couple of the things that we're working on as a group is we're updating our website, um, which hasn't been around for a while, and we're getting a team uh, Facebook page together. That way we kind of all can, you know, meet at this one place rather than uh, several organizations doing their own thing and they're saying, well, why wasn't I invited or why weren't they invited? Now we can all meet in one place. Um, a big thing that we're doing now, aside from the virtual, is we're, we're starting to do some of the flag uh, raisings mm -hmm. um, because we can do those outdoors. Now, Gift of Hope does these at the hospitals. That's their thing. And uh, we have recently done, uh, we have recently had a, a, a purchase of 120 uh uh, life goes on flags and every one of those will be flown at our driver services centers throughout the state. Just think the first thing you're going to see when you go get your driver's license, number one, the American flag, the state flag, and now our donor flag. So that's the first thing we're going to put in their mind. We also have polos with the uh, donate life, uh, Illinois or uh, life goes on uh, emblem on the, on the pocket. So uh, when you go and renew your driver's license, uh, before we even open our mouth, you're going to see this symbol on there saying, you know, we want you to be a donor. So every one of the people in the facilities will be wearing that. So that's, those are the things that are going to catch the people's eyes. We will be at, uh, we will be at three facilities uh, coming up on Blue and Green Day, Blue and Green Day uh, on April 16th, which is a Friday. Uh, we'll be at uh, our Chicago South on 99th and King Drive facility at 10 o'clock. Uh, 11 o'clock, we'll be at the uh, Melrose facility, uh, Melrose Park facility, and then at uh, noon, we'll be at the Chicago North facility. Um, anyone can attend. We're going to do them outside, a little bit social distance. It'll be like a ceremonial flag, uh, flag raising, um, and we're doing it uh, kind of to honor the uh, employees of the facilities because they that's a lot of work that they're doing. That's a hard job. You know, that's 
uh, endless lines, uh, frustrated people, and still we want them to ask every person uh, if they want to register because it's the right thing to do. Right. Absolutely. Well, thank, I mean, that's amazing that you guys are accomplishing so much uh, given all this, uh, all the circumstances and all the guidelines and everything that we've had to follow uh, being able to reach people is just, it's so important. And you, you guys are doing a tremendous job. Thank you for that. Um, and I know you're reaching people in other ways too. Um, you and your family are, are, are big advocates for uh, organ and tissue donation, but you're also big White Sox fans, we've heard. And uh, we lost a hero uh, who was also a hero to the White Sox fans and a hero to uh, champion of organ and tissue donation last year, Ed Farmer. And uh, I understand that you have a personal story about Ed that you might like to share with us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I'm a big baseball fan love baseball, love the White Sox ever since I was a little kid. Um, I would think back in 1980, Ed Farmer was an all-star for the White Sox, and I probably watched him pitch, you know, when I was 11 years old. Um, and then he became a, a radio announcer for the White Sox. Um, but I think before that, uh, he got sick and he had that, uh, he had polycystic kidney disease back in 1990. And uh, his mother died of it also. So the, the, it was a genetic, it carried on genetically to him. But uh, he, he was um, he was 40 years old when he got the uh, diagnosis that he needed a kidney transplant. You know, luckily, his brother was a perfect match for him and uh, donated uh, his kidney to Ed. And Ed went on to become, uh, you know, one of the greatest radio announcers uh, that 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 has ever been in the sport. And um, he never um, forgot where he came from when it came to organ donation. So when Secretary uh, White became uh, the Secretary of State here, um, Ed would bring the White Sox players to sign autographs uh, in exchange for registering to be a donor. So he would bring uh, two or three every year. Uh, some of the best players on the team, uh, he could get that, he can get that done. So me being a great White Sox fan uh, and my fiance being uh, an organ donor advocate, uh, she would bring me down for the, the autograph days. And this is before I worked, you know, worked for the secretary of state. So I just wanted to go and get autographs. I didn't really, you know, care about the organ donation part. And, uh, and that's where I got to meet Ed for the first time. And he was such a nice man, a super smart, loved baseball. And he absolutely adored Vicky. And I could tell that he just lit up every time he saw her which was just, you know, amazing, just the nicest guy. And I got to get to know him over the years because I did the uh, signings with him. And then when I, um, you know, when Vicky became a little bit sicker, he would check on her all the time. And uh, I just remember uh, probably the day after Vicky passed away, I was sitting in my car at the grocery store and I didn't want to go in because I was super tired and uh, my phone rang from California and I thought it was a spam call and it was uh, Ed Farmer on the other line. He called to send his condolences to me and uh, he was really upset when Vicky passed. And I was just amazed that Ed Farmer would call me on my cell phone. I don't know how he got it, but he, he definitely got it. And then uh, he told me, you know, uh, you, you should carry on no matter what you do, whether you work for any organization or volunteer, carry on um, in her name uh, why it's important to be a donor because she believes so much in that and he was passionate about it.
Former White Sox pitcher and announcer Ed Farmer was thrown the biggest curveball of his life when he was told the only thing that could save him was organ donation. My brother Tom, he's the guy that gave me my life back because I was dying. Three more days, I was going to be gone. Ed lived nearly 30 years because of the kidney donation. His legacy will live on through the White Sox and this life-saving program. Join the Illinois Secretary of State's Organ Tissue Donor Registry. I always say heaven knows you can't take them with you. The commercial is amazing. I've seen it. It's uh, it's really cool. It's yeah, a, it's if a you're a Sox fan, sure. <laughs> yeah, it's a great tribute. And so we'll end on we'll end on a, a an up note here. Um, speaking of of Hall of Famers and and sports and athletes, we heard you're a Hall of Famer. Yeah, um, <laughs> I am. I, I I was inducted into my college Hall of Fame, uh, 2019. Uh, 28 years after graduating from the college, but yeah, I, uh, I went in as a, a basketball player and a baseball player um, for Benedictine University, which is a great school, by the way. I loved it. Uh, I got to work or I got to be coached by um, Tony La Scala, who was the athletic director at the time for 40 years. He was the coach here and John Ostrowski was the baseball coach who was there for 42 years. So I had 82 years of coaching in between us at a small division three school uh, that I absolutely love playing with, playing at, um, uh, got my degree in four years uh, in finance. And uh, I go back there and I, I give back to that school too, all the time. I, I, I do do organ donation uh, registration drives there. And uh, I, I brought the secretary there too. So. And it's kind of where your journey started, right? That's where you met Vicki. That's pretty much, that's pretty much yeah. where I met her. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Dan, I, I can't thank you enough for taking time, especially out of your day in the middle of probably the busiest month of the year for uh, everyone in organ and tissue donation uh, with it being National Donate Life Month. But I, I, I appreciate you sharing your story and, and Vicki's story and your journey with us and all of the amazing things that that you've accomplished as part of such a great team and, and that Secretary White has been such an amazing leader and champion of, and, and just thank you. Thank you, and we're gonna keep going. We're, gonna, we're not gonna stop. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, enjoy the warm weather and uh, we'll, we'll catch up soon. Maybe we'll see you at one of the flag raising ceremonies. Absolutely, sure. Sounds Thanks, good. Dan. Thanks, bye-bye. Thank you, Cindy and Dan. And we hope you are celebrating National Donate Life Month right along with us. For more information on events happening in your area, log on to lifegoeson.com. We look forward to seeing you for the next episode of Discussing Donation.